You're listening to the Private Island Podcast, where we will be speaking to private island owners from across the globe. We'll be discovering their story and what it takes to maintain an island. Hello, everyone. Today, I would love to introduce you to Preet Virlaid. He is the proud owner of Virlaid in Estonia. Today, we'll be discussing on his journey on how he bought his island and the challenges he's faced. Over to you, Preet. How's it going? Uh, it's going great. Uh, the weather is good. Uh, we have like many guests visiting us. So generally, I can say that, you know, I'm happy with this year. Great. And tell me your story. How did you find the island? Um, the story is quite uh, long, but, um, uh, but uh, it started uh, 2013 when uh, I came here to, um, to build up three houses. Uh, and I was working as a construction company, so um, we made a contract. There was like two owners uh, who wanted to do like um, a holiday center or like uh, the place where people can come. So <clears throat> we came here uh, and uh, we started to build, but uh, you know we didn't have any experience about the building. It was just a bit young and stupid. So, uh, yeah, mm, it was not easy uh, challenge to do because uh, if you don't have any experience and you have to build somewhere where is no uh, electricity, no harbor, no water, no anything. So it is very hard to do. Uh, but we still managed. We was like uh, three years uh, struggling. And then uh, we finished, we got all the paperwork ready and then we sent out the invoice to the owners of the island. But they answered us uh, that they don't have money to pay because they are in bankruptcy. So so then uh, we didn't have any chance to get our our salary. So... um, we started to rent out because you know the last owners didn't answer the phone, didn't answer the emails, so they was like totally disappeared. But uh, they owe us a lot of money, so we was thinking that it is maybe good idea to start rent it out and uh, and that uh, and then get the money. Uh, that was yes. So uh, what happened uh, was that uh, that the buildings was ready. Uh, the owners didn't uh, contact us. Um, we uh, got the plan to start uh, rent it out. So what we did, we we made a drone video, and then uh, we posted to Facebook that uh, you know you can win a free night on Lonely Island if you share it and then what happened was that within two days we have we had uh, 6500 fans and this video was had uh, approximately 300,000 viewers and then uh, we started to get emails that uh, everybody wanted to 
rental island. But the only problem was that the, the houses was ready, but um, but there was no furniture, no lamps, no beds, no anything. So uh, what we did then, uh, we told the first customers that um, we have this kind of problem that you know we have the houses, we have the island, we have sauna, but we don't have anything inside there. And then we made the agreement that they make prepayment and we buy beds and uh, you know, sheets and pillows and stuff. And then they come here. So they came, they like it, and then they paid second part of the invoice. And then, uh, so that, that it went. Uh, like every time when we got some visitors, every time we bought something. <laughs> so, you know, in, in reality or in normal way, it's like... Um, if you have a guest house, you build it ready and then start to start to rent it out. But uh, we didn't have any chance, so as we don't have didn't have money, so we did this way. But um, it seems that now people like here, and we get more and more visitors every year. When you started renting the island. Um, at the beginning, you didn't actually quite own the island, did you? No, we didn't own it because, uh, yeah, the owners didn't answer the, the phone calls or emails. So we didn't have any clue where they are. So then, you know, we just kind of started to rent it out to get our, our, our salary or, you know, so yeah, we started to rent out like that. After two years, uh, then one uh, main owner uh, like came out, called, and then we made agreement that uh, we uh, buy it out, like, uh, and we pay like every month some uh, amount, and then 2020 now, we are the we are the owners. Yeah, 2018. The, the main owner uh, came out and uh, called us and asked that do we want to buy it and then we made the agreement that um, he will sell it uh, to us and we pay like uh, with part payments. So now uh, January 2020 we are the owners of Thailand. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. How easy was it to make the payments and you know was it quite a struggle to actually own the island uh it was a bit and fight because um the main owner was agreed to uh, sell it away but there was like a smaller shareholder and uh, he didn't want to sell it and he didn't want to give us uh, the book accounting and uh, all this stuff so so we are still fighting with him in court, but uh, in every court step he has uh, lost the case because uh, he had uh, made some book accounting um, not mistakes, but uh, let's say like easy way, like a little bit fraud or something. So, so um, yeah, uh, that was not easy fight, but. Uh, now we have it, so <laughs> we can be lucky. How much did you invest into the island overall? Mm, I think the amount 
can be now 500,000 euros. I think something around there. I haven't counted uh, uh, exactly this amount, but uh, I, I think it can be around there. And how much would the maintenance of the running of the island be? Mm, it's very much depends uh, how many visitors you get. Uh, if you get uh, like first year, we got only visitors, uh, you know, like weekend visitors. Then uh, it was quite easy to manage because uh, we didn't uh, need any employers. Uh, you know, we we was like transporting people by boat ourselves. Uh, we was making the food ourselves. We was working in bars. So it is like in the beginning you was a boat driver. Then uh, you made the food for the guests. Then you heat up the sauna. Uh, then you went to bar, give them beer, so you know you did everything. So, so you didn't need uh, you know much workers. But now I think today we have here like uh, two chefs, uh, three waitresses, two cleaners, uh, you know, and and so on. So here is like twelve people working. But we have every day thirty to fifty guests. So. Yeah, we can manage it. Great. And did you have any sort of legal restrictions along the way? Mm, you mean um, to build or to... Yeah, to build. Like, mm, not really, because um, we we didn't do the, like, the planning and... Uh, uh, we were, we didn't talk with the um, municipality because that was done before us. But I guess it was not easy because in Estonia there is law that you can't build uh, closer to the sea than uh, 200 meters. So, but the, all the houses are, you know, very close to the sea. As there was like in old times, there was this lighthouse, lighthouse keeper family house. So they got the permission to build here those houses. Yeah. Speaking of that, what was the history of the island? Um, the history of the island is uh, quite uh, long. Uh, it uh, was mentioned first time 500 years ago, 1556. Uh, um, and then the island name was Paternoster. Uh, Paternoster means in Latin our father and our father pray start with these words so in old times uh, the ships went through uh, this channel there uh, it's only four kilometers wide and it's uh, full of uh, rocks and cliffs so in old times there was like a habit that all the ships what went through uh, the sailors went to the deck and read Our Father Pray. So that's how he got, uh, she got uh, the name. Uh, the other Paternoster Island is located in uh, near the Cape Town. And the story was the same that, you know, sailors was like um, praying that they have a safe way to India to collect the spices. Uh, here was also another thing why they call it Paternoster. Um, 
there was like in old times uh, pirates who was living here and uh, what they did they moved the light uh, to different place so the captains didn't see where the island is and uh, the ships you know like crashed here the pirates robbed uh, cargo and you know just run away so it was like in year ago there was this NATO ships um, like searching the uh, these uh, mines under the undersea mines and then they found seven new uh, shipwrecks what was not uh, like mentioned or they didn't know about it so yeah the the legend uh, are like uh, true because there's like a lot of lot of ships went down wow and how did you develop the basic infrastructure to make the island more habitable uh, electricity is coming from diesel generator because we don't have any any um, possibility to get the, the the wire here it was costing like uh, millions so we didn't uh, want to take it so now we have a generator uh, we have also solar panels but um, we can't put them uh, a lot here because this is a nature protection area and all the land is like uh, not prohibited to build anything even not uh, the, even not um, solar panels so we, yeah we rely at the moment on uh, diesel generator uh, about the water we had the problem because um, the well what was here in old times was empty and there was no water inside so we found the hole inside the ground uh, and the hole was 85 meters deep so um, yeah we got uh, the water from there and if you had to change one thing about the island what would it be and why I even don't know it. Uh, there's not much to change. You know, as it would be better if it is in better like uh, place. I mean, uh, to get here uh, by boat is uh, quite hard because uh, around the island there's like many rocks and cliffs, and as it is a nature protection area, so we can't uh, make a normal harbor here. So we have to rely on the, that small harbor and we can come here only with small boats. So, you know, it's, it is like a bit limited. So that, that is like the only problem what I can see here. Can a non-resident um, non buy in Estonia? Mm, you mean, can they buy an island? Yeah. Uh, there is not many on sale and if they are on sale there is like a lot of uh, restriction i know nearby there is one island on sale but you can't build there anything you can't uh, go there in summertime when the birds are there so you can only go there when it's winter uh, but what's the point to go there if you can't build and <laughs> in winter time the season the weather is not so good so yeah, it's, it's a bit pointless.
it looks as though you went through quite a long journey with the lawyers to get to purchasing your island in the end for this year if if somebody else was to go through something similar what tips would you consider what tips would you offer to the audience if they were to hire a lawyer mm, the many problems in in this case uh, has started uh, because of uh, lack of paperwork or you know as we started here to build uh, we didn't do any proper contract so that leads to this point that uh, if we was like finishing the work uh, we couldn't get any like uh, any money or any hold of the property so you know in, in my life i see that you have to do the paperwork in the beginning very very good you have to i think it's better to hire a lawyer pay like three hour work than uh, fight uh, four years in court so yeah that's the thing that i can teach this is the main thing and would you be able to give any tips on buying an island because i think you had a really good concept you saw an opportunity and you negotiated a way of paying um your share monthly mm -hmm. no if anybody want to do it then uh, you know when, when i start to do the like uh, tourist business or taking tourists here i didn't have any you know believe on this uh, thing because the you know similar houses are all over the estonia all over the baltics or all over europe it's like the houses are still same but what i didn't know is that people are willing to pay more to get to the island because there is some mystical way that you know if you go across the water then it cleans you or or give a different uh, like um, feeling so now i see that you know people are coming you know all the time back and they are telling that they, they sleep good uh, they feel good here so yeah this thing uh, but you have to count uh, on your business plan if you start to buy an island then uh, you can expect uh, a little bigger uh, income than similar houses in mainland so yeah this is the thing what i can tell and obviously you saw this opportunity to buy the island what make do you want to buy the island mm, you know i was like a little bit uh, in stuck uh, because if uh, if I haven't the buy it out, then uh, probably I, you know, I was leaving, or how to say, um, there was like empty hands then, because I had only two chances, to buy or not to buy. If I, you know, haven't buy, then uh, I didn't, I wouldn't have anything. So I was like a little bit under the <laughs> pressure. Um, so yeah, life gave me an opportunity and I was using it. Did you feel it was out of reach at that time when you had the idea? Um, no, you know, it was like that, that, uh, 
we made quite reasonable deal and the main owner was quite a reasonable guy so he understood that um, if uh, he don't sell it then uh, he gets a problem because uh, still he was owning uh, for this uh, building here so he was also in like uh, he didn't have any choice uh, but yeah, it was good that we finally got like some kind of agreement there was also a choice that he sell it to somebody else and paid uh, all the invoices and uh, buy me out but um, it was good that it it wasn't it uh, didn't went like that cool and tell me about your background what did you do before you got involved with the island mm. no i was born in quite a poor family or you know i didn't feel poor but we didn't have much things so um when i finished at uh, this high school i went to uh, university in Tallinn and to um, uh, to study I needed to work so my first job was uh, porter in um, a five-star hotel and uh, yeah that was my first job then I was working as a technician in bowling club then I worked in um, I was selling uh, boats and yachts I was like sales manager and then I started my own business uh, also to sell boats and yachts and cars and all these kind of things. So there I got the money to start to do stupid things and start to build uh, in like lonely island where it's, you know, lack of everything. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> but I'm lucky that I, I started to do. So, you know, now everything is good. Is there anything that you wished... Um, that you knew before you invested into the island? Mm. If I had known how hard it is, I was like, I'm, I'm thinking now that then maybe, um, it, it, you know, maybe it wouldn't be a good idea to start to build here. Uh, so, yeah, if... Um, somebody gives me a second chance then probably i'm like thinking twice but uh, i feel now that uh, i will do it again but totally differently the right way because we we didn't do the right way we didn't know anything about the construction business so so we did many many mistakes here and then we rebuilt it again and uh, it was like such a hassle uh, also the transport here um we tried like many different ways to get the materials here but now I know that you know what is the good way and uh, safe way because uh, there was some you know times when the raft went over and uh, almost died there but uh, now <laughs> now I probably don't do it because it's wise to build in summer times when the sea is calm not uh, in autumn or winter when you know there is storms every day so yeah, that's the few things that I will do differently. And tell me about the island itself. Is there any wildlife? What sort of activities do you guys get involved in? Um, the island is um, 80 hectares. So um, here's only the lighthouse and around the lighthouse here is five houses. 
we have here the old lighthouse keeper house. Then we have a sauna house with pool. And we have a seminar house with the bar. So that's the only buildings. Uh, they are all in one corner of the island. The uh, rest of the island is quite flat and without uh, trees. So um, we keep their lamps. Uh, 1,000 lamp here, so they eat uh, all the grass, so it's easy to move around. Because when I came here, it was like total, you know, disaster to move here. All the grass was higher than me, so that's good. Mm, uh, so we have also foxes here. We have some rabbits, uh, like um, ah, and we have like a lot of different birds. So it's ideal place for bird watchers uh, because here is the the way where the birds go to south and then they come back. So in spring and in autumn, there's like a lot of different birds. You can definitely hear them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're around here. So like swans swimming around and uh, oh, and also we have like the place uh, like 500 meters from the island. Here's the place where the seals are living. So usually there are like 50, 60, uh, you know, seals, and um, we do trips there. We go swim there. So then the seals are coming quite close because they want to see what is, you know, like swimming there. So basically, yeah, you can uh, swim with the seals. And that's about all. What did you dis What did you discover on the island that you didn't previously know about? Hmm, let me think. Um, I can't think out anything. <laughs> what is here? Yeah, just the nature, and you have to, you know, always, uh, you have to look always the weather, how the winds are moving, how the rain is moving. So that is the thing what you do not do in town because, you know, if it's raining, you are home. When it's not, then you know, still your home. But here, you know, all the activities and all the things is happening outside. So you have to, you know, always look uh, how is the weather. But also the boating. You need to know uh, when the wind is coming and when the storm is coming. When you have to go and tight your boat, or you have to be awake all night to to look that uh, the boat still alive the storm. So yeah, this is the things what is. What I didn't know before, so now, now I know. Have you got an end goal for the island? Uh, I didn't catch this one also. Do you have an end goal for the island? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I did uh, this year uh, a marketing trick to Latvian people. Uh, in Estonia, we have more than 2,000 islands, but in Latvia, they don't have any. So what what I did, I I did put the island on sale in Latvia. So every Latvian people give one euro, and then the total price is 1.9 million, and I only sell to Latvians. So that uh, marketing trick went very good, and now, now we have like a lot of Latvians also visiting us. So, but what, what happened uh, after the trick uh, was that I got uh, four buyers who really wanted to buy it with 1.9 million. 
but uh, I decide not to sell it and uh, you know still work, make the hard work here and uh, you know yeah. So so I don't have any end goal. You know, I don't think so far. And what sort of things do you get involved in in terms of the maintenance of the island? Mm, no, the main problem is to get the the goods here. And then after to get the trash away, uh, because uh, here we don't have these trash cars, so we have to think out how to, you know, how to do this thing and uh, to leave people uh, like that that we don't use so much, um, so much uh, like packages and stuff and uh, all the things what we use here. We try to get like. Uh, bigger packages or uh, reusable packages so yeah, this is the thing what, what is like makes life harder and you actually do a few events on that island tell me about what type of guests come onto the island mm, we actually do different kind of uh, events uh, the main thing is to to get different uh, groups of people here, like uh, different uh, interest group of people. So we do like uh, surf camps here, we do yoga camps here. Uh, we have every month uh, special dinners when the, where the good chefs from Europe uh, come to make only for 24 guests uh, special dinners. We have uh, Burning Man type uh, mini festival here where we build up the sculptures and then later on burn it down so here's like a lot of different things oh, we have children camps so yeah I like to do different things so then I don't get bored otherwise if it's only you know for corporate events uh, and drinking and party then you know I get the bored quite uh, fast so that, that's how I keep uh, this um, place interesting for me also. And you also did, uh, you hosted a wedding there for about 90 people. Tell me about that. Yeah, actually we had two weddings in a row now in last weekend. So um, uh, <laughs> one was really weird because they used uh, for the rituals shaman. So uh, they played drums and stuff, but uh, then we had like a normal wedding where the guests came here. Uh, this time we had uh, 50 guests uh, from Russia, half from Russia, half from Estonia. As the, the groom was from Russia. So yeah, we had here like a great party. Uh, yeah. So basically what we do, we organize everything here. Uh, we do the deco, we um, you know, put all the lights out, we make the food, we have like, two chefs working here. So yeah, it's a um, good place to do because people do not leave uh, middle of the night uh, or you don't get any ex unexpected guests here. So yeah, it's a good place to make a wedding here. Right. And are there any future projects that you're working on for the island? Mm, actually, we, we did uh, 
we do the, we did plans, but as the corona came, then we cancel it. So now we have to do it the next year. We have a plan to uh, to build uh, three floating houses, so then uh, we can start to um, give people this also. We have one now, and it's very popular. So basically, every day is sold out so we do similar houses but on the water as we can't build anymore on, on land and we do also floating sauna and uh, i have planned also floating pool but i don't know how it works so i have to just test it and then see it <laughs> is it working or not as we're coming to a close now pre I know you offer some volunteering work. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Um, yeah, we offer uh, work to um, volunteers all over the world. So um, we usually have uh, one helper in kitchen, one helper in bar, and uh, one person is helping with uh, social media. But this year, we don't have many as the borders are closed and uh, people can't come. So, uh, yeah, we have only few now here. We have chef from Greece and uh, and we have uh, a girl from uh, Riga, Latvia, who is doing the marketing and social media work. So, yeah, but we have like uh, different works. And you can just come for a week and help us and uh, you know, continue your journey or something. So if anyone's listening now, they can apply to visit the island and they can uh, volunteer there. Yeah, exactly. But probably next year when the borders are open, okay. this year is very hard. Okay, Preet, thank you for joining me today and thank you all for listening. My job here is to inspire you and educate you all. So that's it for myself. Thank you very much. Bye. Follow at Private Island Podcast on Instagram for the latest features and hidden gems. Hosted by Alicia Patel.